Thank you for joining us for Woke Moments, a conversation on issues and hot topics impacting young generations. My name is Janet Kelly, and I am the Executive Director of Sanctuary of Hope, as well as your host. So now let's jump into a moment of awakening. Woke Moments. This first podcast sets the tone for why programs and services like Sanctuary of Hope are needed to help young people realize their promise and potential. Young people need people. And we want to have a lot of woke moments and woke conversations around that. So Latrina, let's start with you. Thank you very much. Um, It's an honor to be here. I miss you. First, I want to say that I'm extremely proud of you and your accomplishments. I've watched you mature from not knowing who you were and where you wanted to go in life to venturing into your own entrepreneurial endeavors with Sweet Tree Pastries to appearing on Good Morning America, Thankful Thursdays with Robin Roberts to becoming now a wife and mother and a working one at that. And I just want to say that I love you. I'm extremely proud of you. I brag about you a lot. I really do all the time. And I'm glad you're joining us on this show, our first podcast. So let's jump in on on some important topics, starting with mentorship. Why is it important for young people to have mentors? I think for me, mentorship is having to sit down with an adult um, like yourself, um, and seeing face to face and eating a meal at a table. Um, you're like my mom or more like my mom to me. Um, I didn't have a mother figure or father figure in my life. So sitting around a table at a different restaurant, um, cause I couldn't afford to eat out, um, really helped to get away from the norm of where the abuse was. So I was taken out of my element and put it somewhere else, but with a, a safe connection with a safe adult, my mother could never have done that not with all her four kids and with her drug abuse but you allowed me to get some kind of feel of what a mother should be or how they how I should have or the life I should have had with a very health healthy mother of my own um so I really appreciate that and I think mentorship especially for youth that are from a foster youth is very important when we lack it so much in our own community and at home No, thank you. And thank John. And and I think it's also important to recognize him in a sense, because he was the one who was very adamant that at the time that you needed a very strong, compassionate, um, open person to be a part of your life, in addition to him. (laughs) And... um, (laughs) And I appreciate him because it's something that he chose to do that he didn't have to. He generally is a good person that has a fabulous heart. And as, and if you want to say the most non-judgmental, anyone paired with him would be would be would be a winner i could tell you that much would be a winner because he's just that fantastic of a of a person and human being and and oftentimes people get stuck in this whole whole idea of individualism and and not really recognizing that 
people need other extensions and other connections in order to survive or have a sense of well-being? Uh, thank you. But also we have to recognize that John, John McKenna, who paired us together, um, is a phenomenal person. He was the one who reached out to me to let me know that you needed a strong mentor, someone who was open it, someone who was compassionate, as well as someone who could relate with you to be a part of his mentorship as you um, as a partner and oftentimes we 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 don't look for those great mentors that are outside and many whom are not related to us so this is something that uh, for John I know that he chose to do it on his own and he chose to because one he's just a genuinely nice good person with a heart of a saint and I can tell you from what I know of him he is nowhere near judgmental but anyone who would be paired with him would definitely be a winner and oftentimes people get stuck on this sense or notion of individualism and they don't recognize how we are all connectors and extensions to other people and we need each other in order to survive and have a sense of well-being don't you agree i think adult as well but also as a man you know i had a mm-hmm. abusive men in my life uh bent of no father again um molested and touched by men that shouldn't be touching me at all so it really shaped the, how i married or um got to a point where i can trust men again he really set uh, an example for, I think daughters need their fathers to choose healthy relationships. And he really did um, help me in that sense too. But it was just being able to trust and talk to a man or a great, just a great person in general. He really, really was there for me as if he was my own father. And trust me, he scolded me (laughs) and I got in trouble at times where I'd be like, oh my God, um, this is what it feels, parenting feels like. Um, so yeah, I was very blessed to have you and him as the mentors and i very lucky. Yes, very blessed. And so um, I think it's important for the audience to know that you had a history of foster care but also at the same time you are not a statistic it's 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 astonishing how someone anyone can go about and this person this child is not biologically theirs um they don't have no connection with the mother and the connection they want to have and they care about the the child's safety and where can I get this child to be in a couple of years? Like it's, I don't know. It's just for someone to go out their own way of just helping others is where I got to help others too, because he is, you and him are just helpful souls. So it really was a, a wonderful um, situation for me to be in unfortunately how I got there wasn't great but at the end I came out great because of you too oh 
Latrina, I think it's really important for the audience to know that you have a history of foster care and you're not a statistic. I mean, you're not a young person who is experiencing continuous bouts of homelessness, poverty, depression, unemployment. So what would you say is your recipe for succeeding as a former foster youth? And what should folks know about how they could put or help foster youth be on a path to resiliency? Definitely being tired of being homeless, but also the number one for me was um, therapy. I think I utilized every source that I could to to seek self-help and self-awareness of, I got the energy, I can, you, cause you, whatever you feel, you're attracting all those, all those people. And trust me, if I didn't feel well, I attracted a lot of not well people. Um, but that's how I attracted my husband. Um, but knowing what I was ready to heal, ready to live a life anew and start not looking back, but starting, okay, yeah, my mom's a drug addict, or yeah, I was raped and molested. And these are hard times where people just cannot get through them. But if I need to figure out Latrina, I want better and I want to, I, so I got the understanding of why it's not my fault, you know, because we do a lot of blaming, but therapy, therapy, and I utilized it, um, every resource I could, if I couldn't afford it, I found shelter, uh, centers, women's centers, because it was easier to talk to a woman about it, um, cause I wasn't comfortable with a man yet. And then, um, DCFS have some, and what the, when I was going to the community college at LACC, they had some as well. And But I was getting therapy a lot when I was younger as well. But I kept going, just kept going at it because there's always something new when I was struggling. And I just wanted to be better. What we need to do is go back and reflect on the importance of therapy and to remove the stigma associated with therapy. And I liked it in the context of where, uh, what and how you put it, in which you said, basically, this was more of a self-help. So how do we help young people see that a connection to a resource such as therapy or mental wellness or mental well-being? Okay, well, that's good. That's a good start. So I think you you hit on something too that you yet mentioned about, and 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 this this is more of a cultural thing as it relates to adults and children of being seen and not heard, and and what does that mean or impact a child when when a young person cannot be his or her authentic self and have the ability to express what's happening to him or her or or tell their truth so for me i have to relate to me and who i am as a person i'm a person of color an african-american girl and the community we don't it's not it's frowned upon if you go they think is you shouldn't go um they say oh you acting white or whatever it is for me um i didn't care about that that that's just one of the stigmas that was not really put in our community for us to seek help just because again it's called snitching or or you're um telling us something or whatever it is but it's just communicating and that's why i want to go just to talk you can't talk i 
couldn't talk to my mom, couldn't talk to my grandma, couldn't anyone. No one would listen to me. So I had to talk to someone I who I guess um, listen and give couldn't give me advice, but just to be there. But Trina, I think what you're hitting on is a cultural thing of. Uh, young people children being seen and not heard it's a common phrase that's constantly used I know within our culture and I'm quite sure it's something even across the board and other cultures of of ensuring that we put our children in their place but I don't think we really understand the impacts of of what that really means especially to a child who is trying to be his or her authentic self and tell his or her truth about what's happening especially uh, to them when they are encountering or suffering from some form of abuse. When I was with uh, DCFS um, I remember one time the therapist came in in the scene and not heard where we were prompt to say before she get there you can't say this or if she asked me a question they tell me what to say or they answer for me. Where I'm getting hurt here, lady. I wanted to get out of this house. But it's a scene and not hurt. Um, I couldn't even tell the ther- the social worker, can you please remove me? Because it's, it's snitching. You're not supposed to do those kind of things. But if it's hurting you, you definitely need to talk. And I think what you're talking about, Latrina, goes back to therapy and, and how we as... Uh, a community need to remove the stigma of therapy and put it in a whole different context and and narrative of self-help. How do we help people see therapy as a connector to mental well-being or personal well-being? And then also how do we see therapy as a form of dealing with issues of childhood trauma and foster care experiences. It's just, I just don't. Now I'm just getting more of, um, people are more active, you know, their activism is, uh, these young people are just standing up for what they believe in and how they go out about this world and they're taking it to the streets and marching and it's just like, I wish I seen that, you know, when I was doing, getting hurt and then I'd be like, okay, well, I can look at them now because these people, these young people now, Parkland kids, any kids at all, are just going at it. And it's a beautiful thing to see now. Um, Latrina, you mentioned that youth now are more active. They're more um, visible. They're more voiceless, if that's even a new word. And and that, that, that they're at this whole new level of advocacy and awareness. And, and, then, and that also how you wish that you would have been in, I guess, in that era of vocalization and being able to express yourself. So now that young people are are feeling are in this moment of empowerment and also in this moment of movement, I'm I'm so interested in your thoughts around electoral politics and whether or not you feel any of the candidates seeking the presidency or any of the other elected offices are really touching on issues that affect a a young generation constituency. Um, God, uh, it's been crazy how much I've been involved in this because if you give me two years ago, I wouldn't even know what to say or who was involved or whatnot. But now that I've, 
I volunteered recently last year for the governor race of Florida um, to count ballots and stuff. And I was the youngest person there uh, for the Democratic side. But I can tell that um, by listening and who the minorities are thinking about is Bernie Sanders for sure. Elizabeth Warren is pretty good. And Pete, uh, the LGBTQ community setting up with him. Um, and a lot of them. Um, it's just... Who sends the message of how they're going to help and what's their plan? I think Bernie's good, and I wish the DNC didn't knock him down last election. But Warren has a better the bill or whatever. I mean, Bernie wrote it, but Elizabeth has more of a way to she can explain where the money's going to come from or how they're going to get there and stuff like that. And I, I know a lot of people love Bernie, and I do want to see Bernie succeed. What do you think? And you know, surprisingly, I really do like Pete a lot too. Um, but I, for the past, I would say six years, I've really seen Bernie resonate really well with young people. I mean, most of the young people who come through Sanctuary of Hope's doors, if you ask them, oh, well, who speaks to you? Um, who has, you know, your interests at heart? And they will say that they believe it to be Bernie Sanders. And um, they think that he will be the person who will deliver on issues such as climate change, issues related to student loan debt. And, um, but it, no one really speaks about the economy though, as it relates to him, but he has definitely crafted a message <laughs> that resonates well <laughs> with um, young people. So, so if I had to ask you, because you are a very important demographic group, you're an African-American young woman. Again, you're married and you have a child. So if um, someone was to ask you, what are your top, three issues we know that climate ch change is is one so what would be the other two the economic system against the pro uh people below the property line how are we going to help them there's too much too much and the bailouts of the banks and wall street we need to save actual people who need the money and there definitely women's reproductive systems just are women rights uh, um these are I'm a woman and I utilize a lot of things um, that were given to me. Planned Parenthood does not just do abortions. They do a lot of other things for, I can, I remember going, you get a pat smear and annual checkup from them. And it only cost me, I walked out with no insurance. I paid $51. You know, that's like, an, it's just those kind of things where um, you just think abortion, abortion, abortion. But these people are, if you don't have medical, uh, insurance because it's so Medical hard service. or any services at all in your neighborhood. Planned Parenthood is so probably the ones one of them is in your neighborhood and it's a great system. Um, I, remember, I know the one on Vermont I believe is on Vermont in the hood because <laughs> I, I went there too, you know, before and it's a great place. Unfortunately, it's a lot of bad connected to it but they do so much more and, they, and some of them don't even perform abortions. They just talk to these women, give them um, birth control, try to help them see their way. And then it, 
I haven't seen many people talk about in the political race of help the homeless. Like, no one's talking about that. But these places are so wonderful for young women and men. Not You just don't have to be a woman to go there. But it's just so beautiful. And it they get these, they get funds, but they educate. And you get any kind of condoms, all kinds of things. It's just... Are you? I just don't understand why they're fighting so hard to eliminate these beautiful, wonderful resources for young women and men. Latrina, you are right. There are misconceptions about Planned Parenthood. Moving past this whole thing about reproductive rights as well as reproductive health, or what are some ways that we can engage the youth voice or help the, the youth voice really resonate loudly? And and do you even think that's currently being done? But I don't think I don't think they went to like I don't think Bernie went to any of these people to say endorse me or no. I think they all been fair across the board, listen to everybody. They just choose who they want. And mm-hmm. they don't have to pick someone. I just think they're utilizing their platform to speak to the the youth now. And this is a for this is what the youth are listening to. And I think as our generation, the people in Hollywood has done a great job speaking up for themselves and saying, well, I don't believe in that or things like that. And even if, if it gets them outed or talked about, Republic or Democrat, left or right, whatever it is, I think they've done a great job of platforming. Like, okay, I know you're my fan, but I don't agree with that. Like Taylor Swift has done it. I think for now... This is what we have. And you can see, I'd rather see a person straightforward and say, I support this person than not be blindsided and be like, okay, well, I don't, you know. Latrina, let's now talk about financial empowerment or financial fitness. You're a homeowner at the age of 31. How did you get there? And by the way, I told Mayor Eric Garcetti that you are now a homeowner and he was so proud to hear that about you when I he was really smiles and he said good for you tell her good for her and so I'm telling you on the podcast I'm repeating so um tell us a little bit about that and as well as your your process or your journey to becoming a homeowner I don't know it's been so wild just because looking for houses and things like that but how did you get even to buy a house um I can think when I was in Mandarin, um, up in the Bay Area, it was a women's finance class, or women's economics, or something like that, where it not only teach you how to be an entrepreneur, but it teach you how to balance your checkbook or something like that. But for women, just because, um, I don't know if it's stigmatism of where women can't balance money, but it's just like if you know don't just go shopping but she she was a business owner she just wanted to share her gift with others on how she got where she was so just taking a little course um and it was very fun because you meet new women and are women who probably went into debt got bankrupt and okay let me learn from you or whatever it was so buying a home was very very exciting I was like I'm you I couldn't imagine doing this in my life because I slept on couches most of the time or in houses full of rope chests. But when I got this, I was like, wow. Um, 
closing was one of the biggest things and I wish there was like a pre like thing where if you're in home ec or something they teach you taxes and how to close on a house or a mortgage something like that that is very good because anxiety just shoots up so see so you see you're a homeowner at the same time that I was a homeowner because I told myself when I was young I wanted to own a home before the time that I was 30 so that was a part of my life plan goal and before I was 30 I bought my my first home so you are 31 and you've purchased your first home and a lot of people have not gotten to that stage in their life so what was kind of the impetus for you to purchase a home Right now, everyone, it's a great time to buy because of mortgage prices. Um, so it was just learning all those things, the mortgage rates of rates of a credit card, or if you buy this credit card, the APR, like, you know, I, I, I would never be able to tell you APR. I don't even know what that is, or I would have known what that was if I didn't take this course. You know what I mean? Like, what are you talking about? But like, you know, if you get this credit card, this is what that is and stuff like that, if, you know, um, so utilizing those kind of resources. But then I can say that my husband, who has a different background, a father's a business owner, his brother owns a law firm and stuff like that. Those kind of things also help because he was financially aware or conscious. Um, but then to put a spark in my eye, too. Well, I want to be, you know, my own, like, say, if I wanted to start a business, we should pay trees be a nonprofit. I just want to be smart on my paper, as smart as with my pockets. So it was just savings. I used to be saved a lot. <laughs> um, you know, just like if I can return something, I used to be embarrassed to return it. I don't care now. I don't need that. And so I want to close with this. I want to say, Latrina, I love you. I appreciate you. I send you virtual hugs across the uh, computer waves <laughs> and if there is something that you would like to share that you think should be a woke moment that the audience should consider what would that woke moment be for me my woke moment would be what took me a such a long hard time to even get there is a mother can be toxic, a father can be toxic, sister or brother, and it's okay to walk away. It is okay. And you're leaving a situation that didn't fit you. It's not snitching. It's not any of those things. Just walk away. And it's one of the hardest things you're ever going to do, but you come first and the work you're going to do yourself is all it's a full-time job you don't need the extra weight so that's my woke moment thank you for listening to woke moment for more information about our organization please visit soh.org subscribe to us for a woke moment wherever you listen to podcasts follow us on twitter at the underscore soh underscore la and on facebook and instagram at Sanctuary of Hope, L.A. Bye, God!